The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello. And welcome, welcome from Hollywood, California, Los Angeles, where it has finally cooled down. And we have an amazing Tech Cat show today because we are speaking to two extremely big deal Hollywood content types today. And that's the fine folks from Canvas Media Studios in the form of Bernie Sue and David Tocherman. And Bernie and David are longtime colleagues and have recently come together to form a really innovative company that is creating content in this modern multi-platform world. And so we're going to hear from Bernie and uh, David, and they're going to take us through, you know, what the whole concept behind forming Canvas and some of the great projects that they're doing. So I'm immediately going to turn it over to Bernie and David to introduce yourselves and tell us, you know, how you came together to form Canvas, because it's absolutely fascinating and sort of a, a really great story around where television and content is really going. Ladies and gentlemen, Bernie and David. Hi, Lori, and thank you. And thank you for all your fans for applauding. Very impressive. Oh, yeah, well, you know, they just, they just love, you know, interesting men. They really do. But anyway, go ahead. Tell, tell us about Canvas. <laughs> um, so this is Bernie. So I'll go first, I guess. Uh, so Canvas Media Studios was, is designed as a production company. But more, more than that, we design franchises, and we also do them for you know, as the name suggests, every canvas. So even though we, we're uh, probably most known for doing video series, these video series also expand into the multi-platform, transmedia, interactivity, and so forth. Uh, and that is our MO, is to do multi-platform franchises. And your your big most recent claim to fame, literally winning two Emmys in the last couple of years, was a couple of web series that that really um, changed how people perceive content can drop and a story can be told nonlinearly. Can you talk a little bit about those those fabulous Emmy winning series? Sure, happy to. So the the, the first series was the Lizzie Bennett, Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which was the which won in two thousand thirteen for original interactive program. And that was a multi-platform series that we told the, or modernized the story of Pride and Prejudice. Um, we modernized the, the, the characters, we told the, told the story on YouTube videos, as well as 35 social media accounts across seven platforms, and we did 160 videos, and it was a grand story. It's definitely the longest version of any version of Pride and Prejudice, even if you take away the multi-platform just the video content, ever. Uh, ever done, and it was also YouTube's uh, first Primetime Emmy Award. Uh, so it's the first series that's ever won a Primetime Emmy Award that they viewed on YouTube first. Uh, the second series, uh, most recently won, 
not a month ago, <laughs> is the series called Emma Approved, which is also an adaptation of a Jane Austen property called Emma. But this one we did very differently. What we did here is we made we actually really embraced the multi-platform into five kind of separate media platforms: uh, a video series, a blog series, a fashion photo series, uh, and a music club, a music experience as well. And so that kind of pushed everything even grander. And another big thing that we did with that series is that we actually monetized all the platforms, something that our, our original series did not do. Um, so it, it was one of those things where we wanted to solve that kind of caveat in the, the, in the experience, where we're creating all this great content, but of course, you know, as just business people say, how does it monetize? And that series, I'm approved, does that, in my opinion, very, very well. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah and, the, and the really unique thing about what you did here, I think that it's hard for people to wrap their head around, but it wasn't like you turned on the TV and you were watching Pride and Prejudice or Emma. What you were really doing was over periods of weeks engaging with multiple social media accounts that communicated the lives of these characters and so for the first time, you know, and I love showing this, this chart that you made of this parallel storytelling, the story is really told through all those social media accounts. And that's, that's never been done before. But really when you're talking about your audience, your millennial audience, that's how they engage with content. And so for the first time, you guys created a series that basically used their language in a way. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't want to claim first, I'm just saying we aren't the first, I'm just saying that, that um, you know, that a lot, a, lot of, a lot of shows have tried doing something like this, I think, in kind of a simple phase. I think what we did is we revolutionized it and used an unknown property and did it so, like, executed at a high level to where, like, you, as you mentioned, the millennials and the, and the millennial female audience in this case, well, it was totally locked into everything. It wasn't about, oh, when's the next episode? Um, it was about when's the next tweet, which I think was really exciting, where a character would tweet and all of a sudden that piece of content would get all this fever within the fan base. And, and now we're seeing that kind of MO happen in a lot of different properties, whether it be a small independent shows and even something, something perhaps a little large. And then in, well, we've been in terms of. a lot, Lori, yeah, you know, for us, not, it's not just about the audience, it's about. Right how we transform the audience into a community. And that community is very loyal. They share, they promote, they participate, and, it's, and they're, you know, it's, it's, in, it's a real-world engagement. It's not just sort of theoretical. It's, it's a way to, you know, really, you know, make it exciting for the audience to stay with the show and reward them for their, for their loyalty. And, David, how did you and Bernie first meet? Because you came from... Um, being, you know, a television executive and a consultant, and you did some first-time things in digital media that no one had ever done before, more on the executive production side. And then Bernie had established himself as a writer. So how did you two come together to form Canvas? Well, uh, for, for, for a brief period, uh, at one point I became an agent, actually, at a major Hollywood talent agency that was interested in creating a digital media division. And it was an interesting experiment for me to to sort of see if it was a going to be a great platform for me to be able to put points on the board and wait for the industry to sort of continue to mature. And I would say the best thing that came out of that experience was the fact that I met Bernie and that we developed a, a really strong working relationship. And once the Lizzie Bennett Diaries took off, I think both of us knew we were sitting on a much bigger opportunity. And we sort of, over a period of a year or more, sort of 
I was making plans to leave the agency so Bernie and I could partner up and, and start a company. And that company became Canvas. That's a beautiful story. <laughs> Thank you. And hold on, I have to dry a tear. Hold on one second. Ah, okay. I'm better now. It, it was like Gone with the Wind, but for digital. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And I will say that Bernie is actually in the middle of Los Angeles right now um, at a restaurant. So that's the background noise that you're hearing. And so is David, because they are such wheelers and dealers that they are calling in from various parts of the city um, in the middle of, of doing a lot of business. So let me ask you guys. So what was the reaction in the industry to you launching Canvas and this idea of you know, creating content across multiple canvases because companies claim that they're doing it, but that was that's actually your brand. So what was the reaction out there? The truth is there aren't as many companies doing it as you think. There are, there are a lot of people making content, but that's not really enough to sort of say that it's a business. You know, you really have to have a, a business model. Content, you know, without strategy, in our opinion, is really kind of a home movie. So... For us, it was really all about the business around the content, and that's where uh, Bernie's expertise in transmedia storytelling really came in. There really are not a lot of people making this kind of quality, long-form series content, and that's where we saw a real opportunity for Blue Sky in the marketplace. You know, you've got UGC, user-generated content, on one side, and then all the way on the other side, you've got premium digital networks like Netflix and Amazon, which are really, at this point, the equivalent of basic cable. So it's in that middle ground uh, where for content that's going to be consumed online by a young millennial audience, a young millennial audience, that we saw the most opportunity for true long-form series content. And there really are, are not a lot of people doing this. And that's why we really thought we had a real opportunity and a real clear shot of the target. The reaction's been very, very positive. People have known Bernie's work and, and sort of been waiting for us to team up for quite some time. It didn't really come as a big shock to anybody. But we, we can feel that there is a market receptivity to what we do and a real need, uh, you know, in the marketplace for this kind of content, which is very exciting. I think the other fascinating thing about what you guys are doing is also um, – getting uh, another a new audience re-excited about literature again, right? So you, you've done uh, Pride and Prejudice and Emma, and do you have other novels that you're sort of translating into this space? Um, we certainly are open to it. Uh, there, I mean, we've done discussions now, of course, there's classic literature and then there's actually modern literature. Um, I think it's, it's not a surprise to anybody that we would be having discussions about modern literature that, of course, have... You know their rights locked in somewhere, but they would want they would be open-minded or at least be very receptive to us adapting or revolutionizing or reimagining in many ways. I that's something that's very much in the hopper for sure. And I, my favorite story about at least um, you know Lizzie Bennet Diaries is that you took a book, you went to video and social media, and then you went back to putting it linear on a DVD, and then also don't you have a book? Uh, the the di- Secret Diary of Lizzie Bennet as well now that came yeah, there's, after? There's actually two yeah, books. <laughs> and that's oh the first book based on a web series, based on a book. Yeah, so first we have, as you mentioned, Lori, The Secret Diary of Lizzie Bennet, which came out uh, last year, published by Simon Schuster, which was, as David mentioned, uh, I believe we do have this title, the first book based on a web series, based on a book. But uh, um, we also just published a sequel to that novel. So it's actually a brand new story continuing the narrative of, of the story that we told, 
And that book is called The Epic Adventures of Lydia Bennett. And we talked about parallel storytelling and different perspectives. This story is told from the little sister's point of view as a sequel to the show or to, to, the, to the book. So you essentially get another narrative from a different character as, as the focal point. Yeah, and I think that's the fascinating thing, too, is that you're really creating new IP, which then goes, you know, to multiple platforms. And that's kind of your whole story, right? Is that you take an idea and you find the right channel for it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, as you mentioned at the top of this, the millennial audience isn't just expecting video content. They're expecting video content as part of a grander thing. They're looking for more content. They're looking for more backstory. They're looking for more story world. So it is kind of uh, like our, our duties as the storytellers to give them when we can as much story content on, on platforms as possible, especially if we've done our job and executed on the main platform to inspire curiosity. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more with uh, Bernie and David about where they see some of the trends in our business going. And then, um, you know, what are you, what are you doing to help brands you know, entertainment companies, content companies, what are you doing to help folks tell their story with all these new tech trends and consumer behaviors popping up? So more with Canvas Media Studios and the Tech Cat when we come back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Well, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we're talking to the fabulous Bernie and David from Canvas Media Studios, who are really, I think, you know, in a very original way, creating content across multiple platforms and being very vanguard about how they do it and sort of leading the way. And 
all of this, this need to create content on different platforms and in social media streams is really because of new technology and new behavior trends. So I would love to get your thoughts, Bernie and David, about what you see happening in the industry right now because of all this new tech and because of the millennial behaviors. And of course, the plurals are coming too, the generation after the millennials. So what are you guys seeing happening out there that you're really taking advantage of? Um, I would say uh, the first thing is that we, when you talk about the millennials and the post-millennial generation, you're just going to see them more and more uh, used to habitually connect, not saying connect by internet, but connect by touching. Um, I mean, we'll have a generation that will have known their entire lives that, they, that, that there was always a, an iPhone um, and that technology existing in their, in their hands. So their viewing habits are going to be different. Their viewing habits are going to expect them, they're going to expect to... That, that that video is able to do something if they interact with it. So I think that 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 you know trend is coming. We're, all, we're already seeing it. We're kind of with that the VR push. Um, so inter interactive experiences, you mean like things that 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 interact when you touch them? I mean that's a start. Yeah, but just like that habit of of and it's just not the expect like, expectation of touching video, but the expectation that there's more content there and beyond the video. Um, which is something that we're already playing with now, which is the whole, like, oh, the characters, you know, at this simple level, have social media accounts. But, like, I think that's almost expected now. It's like, where do I find more about this world? Um, rather than just going into a movie, watching a movie, and going out of the movie and saying, well, that's it. That's all you get. You know, I think now we're, especially, and it's even just, the, just the, the industry itself is playing with this whole, everything's a franchise. And, like, yes, Everything should be a franchise because if you've done a good job uh, creating that narrative, you should inspire curiosity within your audience to ask questions about, I want to know more about this character. I want to know more about this world. I want to know more about this dog. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's where I feel that we as, as creators and, and kind of creators are, are, are nearly, we need to fill a need by designing more content for those worlds. So that's just NIC. And what, and about what, what about you, Mr. David? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was sort of, uh, you know, when we were at break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, where brands fit into this, right? And, yes. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, right now with the rise of, of ad blocking software and programmatic buying, I think the kind of content we make is becoming even more important for brands to be able to attract an audience. Um, you know, it's sort of been a buzzword for quite some time now about how brands want to become publishers. But what does that ultimately really mean, right? I mean, how do you, how do you sort of create that kind of content that's brand financed and doesn't feel like a commercial? Um, and I think that the rise of all this competing, all this technology that's competing for the audience's attention at the brand's expense is going to provide more avenue for us to make the kind of content that we make for brands. Because brands need the same... You know, brands' uh, agenda is really not that different from Hollywood at the end of the day, right? I mean, Hollywood creates entertainment brands and franchises that make money that people love to share and talk about. And, you know, brands like to make money and be talked about. So it's really a very similar um, a similar roadmap, we think, uh, as these lines get drawn. I think the key is just you know, to not make it a commercial, not make sure it's not perceived as advertising, but as actual entertainment. And I think you just brought up a great point. So not only are you guys content creators, but you have a deep understanding of what's happening 
in the digital media buying and planning space. And I think that's actually fairly unique because um, I was just at a meeting with uh, broadcasters and ad tech folk. And what's missing with them is the content creator sitting at the table and talking about how will your brand, your sponsorship, your tech, and my content intertwine. And what you're talking about, David, you know, you and Bernie together and the company and all the partners that you work with, you you are a 360 machine, correct? Because you understand what's happening with ad tech. Very much so. I mean, that's the way we, we like to approach these projects. Like our most recent project, you know, people tend to assume, oh, I have this great project. I'm going to go get a brand to sponsor it. That, I think, is a very difficult road to hoe. It's very hard to approach anybody and get them to put a bumper sticker on something that, you know, is already existing. And people want to become a part of the process. Every every stakeholder in, in the content project has their own, you know, desire to get its messaging across or to feature its tech or whatever whatever the agenda is. And I think unless you get those, you get everybody on board from inception and you truly have a holistic partnership with your with, with everybody that's involved, I don't think you're going to have a successful property. Um, so, like, for instance, uh, as I mentioned with our recent project with Maybelline, you know, we knew something about what Maybelline's messaging was, but everything we did was including them from scratch. They were part of, of the project vanity from day one. We didn't just go to them later and say, hey, you guys should put your name on this. And what, what is um, so the, we, can you we talk really a little bit about that? We really 360 approach to this. Talk a little bit about the Project Vanity um, for folks, because th- that's also fascinating what you guys did there, because you also worked with Style Hall, which is a publisher and a multi-channel network. So so tell, tell us about that Vanity pro- project, because that's a great example of, of this crazy world we're in right now. I think it's, I think it's a perfect example, actually, uh, of, of what's coming or what's already happening. So that's that narrative started with Style Hall, which, was, which had not gone to the script and narrative game yet. And they wanted to get in the game. They wanted to get into an original series. And so they, they contacted us and we said, we want to do an original series. Can, you do, can we do something together? And so now it wasn't about, oh, I have a pitch. It was about, okay, I need to design something for Style Hall. Style Hall's demo and network is very specific. Young, female, beauty, lifestyle, aspirational. Uh, and so we designed something for that. And they said they like a drama. So I literally designed them a drama um, set in the world of kind of style hall. And then once we kind of came together with that, we were, they went, oh, we're going to bring in Maybelline. Maybelline's going to come on board. I'm like, okay, now there's beauty. So now instead of a show that's just set in the world of fashion, you have a series, if you watch it, that's very kind of in the world of makeup and beauty, where literally the name of the show, Vanity, is actually a double meaning, where there, the half the show is set within the confines of a vanity mirror, where, of course, there's makeup. And it actually makes more sense to actually have product, Maybelline product in the show rather than to not have it. It would have been awkward, uh, in my opinion. So now, when you have the, 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 uh, the, the messaging of, of daring to go, daring, daring, you know, being daring, and finding identity, that's all there in the show as a natural narrative it's not forced it's 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 like part of the, the character story um and if you take you know if you, if you if we were to say maybelline wasn't the sponsor you watch the show i don't think you would go oh but this show is definitely sponsored by maybelline or but maybelline's the brand involved i think it's very subtle um in my personal opinion 
And, and Style Hall, can you explain who Style Hall is? Because they're also sort of a great example of like the current ecosystem. Sure. Style Hall is a multi-channel network. Um, I don't know if they they're keep the multi-channel networks are calling themselves that, but multi, multi-channel networks histori- historically were represent a bunch of YouTube channels as well as their own. Um, typically, attaching brands, helping with resources, like you know, really helping these individual YouTube creators that you're seeing kind of rise out from you know these, these platforms: YouTube, Vine, Instagram, etc. But now you're seeing these these net multi-channel networks actually turn into studios producing their own content, whether it be narrative, scripted, unscripted, reality, documentary, they're getting into the content production game. So what you're seeing is not just from, you know, they're not, they're not just calling people like us because right now we're only doing narrative. Like if they're going to do a reality show, which they, they have done, or a game show or a, a docu show, these, this is all good content. There's a lot of good content out there that they've done uh, and many of them MCMs have done have, that have played in the space, creating their own shows, you're creating those other series. And, of course, when you create those series, now it comes back to, well, this is just a series, or is there more to that series, which goes to the multi-platform agenda? Um, and we're seeing that grow as well. That's so cool. And so did they, had Maybelline approached them and said, we want to do some linear content, and we're looking for, like, you know, something to play on YouTube, or we're looking for creative ads? Like, how did the brand speak about this to them? Um, I do not. I was not in those conversations, so I can't really, you know, verify that or not. That's a solid question. I mean, I well, really but, don't know. But but no. generally but, speaking, I mean, though, look, we know that yeah. a company like Style Hall, a company that's a multi-channel network, their relationships with their advertisers are a big part of their success. What we've seen is a natural evolution for the multi-channel networks to move beyond. The just aggregating viewership to actually producing content. And so, as Bernie mentioned, when they chose to move into original content, they contacted us. We were one of their first calls. Said, hey, we want to do something. Will you guys design something for us? They already knew that they had Maybelline. They already knew Maybelline was interested. And in our other similar conversations with other MCNs, you know, they're all based on advertisers, and they all have their own relationships with these advertisers. I think if we had gone out there and said, hey, we have this great idea, let's go get Maybelline, it would have been a much tougher hill to climb because we would have been starting, you know, from scratch in such a way, even if we were directly speaking to the content people at Maybelline. In the case of Style Hall, because the network had a strong relationship with an advertiser, they were able to help us make that marriage in a much more organic way, and it moved a lot quicker. Are, are brands coming to you now more directly? Or, you know, is the agency still part of this formula, or are brands calling yeah, you up and saying, so. "Hey"? They are, but, but you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't change the fact that, and you know this, Lori, that this is very much a Rubik's cube, right? When it comes right. to, it depends which brand, which content. agency. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, every brand has. You know, they have, a, a not only do they have their own needs, but you know, between the ad agency and the media agency and the. PR agency, and you know, there's always a, it's always a jump ball to really figure out who ultimately has the ultimate, you know, decision-making authority to greenlight a content project. So you, you need to ultimately get as many stakeholders as possible on board, um, which is why for an MCN to come to us with Maybelline, they've already got Maybelline on board. You know, all we need to do at that point is execute properly and justify their interest. But the fact that they're coming to us with an interested brand makes a big difference. But yeah, right now, of course, we know we're talking to everybody. We're we're one of the few companies doing what we do the way we do it, and so 
you know, we're lucky that there is an enormous amount of interest in this uh, on the brand side. We're and we're lucky that uh, that we're talking to you right now, and we're going to be right back in a moment. And I want to talk to you guys about, you know, where do you go to get inspired, to find out the latest information? You know, how do you get turned on by new tech and new trends? You know, what's your, what's your process for learning? So we'll be back in a moment with Canvas Media Studios and the Tech Cat. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, and we're back with the fabulous folks from Canvas Media Studios, the multi-platform creators. And we're talking to Bernie and David about how they um how they navigate the industry and so they're sitting at this really unique center of uh, content creation and and consumer trends and ad tech and marketing tech and I'm just wondering how do you guys I mean you really are on the edge of like the latest how do you keep up with all this stuff like do you go to a, a ton of conferences are you avid readers you know how how are you guys keeping up with with, with what's happening um, well, I think we do go, go to a, between the both of us, I think we cover pretty much everything, <laughs> like every conference. Um, and, and I think it's a good place to start. Uh, there's some conferences, of course, that can get too big and you, you don't know what's important. You don't know what they're announcing. If it actually makes it to the market, if they even you know, get made. But I, I think what you, what I like to look at, um, aside from publications, say like Mashable and TechCrunch and so forth, um, I kind of like to just see what like people, the generation is actually using. So if I have like nieces or nephews or cousins or something like, kind of like, what are you using right now? Like, what are you guys playing so with? You do you like guys- informal interviews, like sort of anthropologic interviews of your relatives. 
Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's just place to start. You know, just like, what are you seeing? And I, I remember, if anything, I mean, I'm, I'm Asian American, I'm Chinese American, and when I talk to some of my more like uh, Chinese relatives, they're they get they have a different like user base, like what they're using, uh, like the apps they're using, and so forth. So, and then when you go to those apps, you know, it may not be in the Asian market yet, but those apps do different things than the apps that we use, whether it's good or bad. And I think, you know, kind of looking at those and kind of going like, hmm, what does this side of the world use? And how are they using it? Uh, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean if we start using it? What does it mean if that, that app finally breaks through to this side of the market? I mean, these are the things that I ask myself every day. Do you, and yeah. when you said, you said you go to um, every show, like, can you name the shows that are the most relevant for you guys? Oh, David, take that one. <laughs> well, are you talking about digital shows or, or television? Uh, any shows? anything, anything that you. Well, look, I mean, you know, we you can't you can't help it at all. I know it's kind of trendy, but you know, we do really admire House of Cards, right? I mean, House of right. Cards, in a lot of ways, is is you know using certain elements of our methodology, you know, in terms of the way he talks to the camera, the fourth wall of, of it all. I mean, it's a great show, right? I mean, you know, I I don't watch anything that isn't on cable. Or I just I can't remember the last time I regularly watched a primetime TV show. I just feel like they they all look the same. Even the ones that are really well done, I feel like I've seen them all before. Right. Whereas, right. whereas you know, cable to me still has the most exciting stuff that you can see. Uh, HBO, Showtime, FX, AMC. I mean, there's there's nothing like those shows on primetime television. And what's really kind of cool is a company that Netflix and Amazon are. And Hulu are making big inroads into that kind of content as well. Really high-end, premium content, well cast, well executed, and that are that are not really in the same category as the stuff you see on prime time. I, I, all the stuff is making the prime time stuff look kind of boring to me. There's also, I mean, you can also think of like the world building that they do, um, like for Game of Thrones, which is one of my favorites. Um, which I mean, so people love the show, but I, I just think the world building that they do on that show, granted, well, all of it, well, most of it was existing in some form that was already in the novels, but the world expansion that they present to you, not just on the show, but in their Emmy award-winning app, <laughs> and then their, uh, um, and the lore, and like even like their Emmy award-winning credits, like, you know, that, that, those notable credits where you, they, they kind of send you around um, the, the, the kingdom. Uh, I think is is just great storytelling. I just, I find it really fascinating. Um, so stuff like that, and then uh, and then the idea of the app where you're just like, oh, I don't, I didn't quite understand who this character was, or I forgot who this character was, or I forget which which era, which part of the, the the kingdom I'm this character is talking about, and you can find it there. Like that's that's just like execution at a high level. There's really high high level execution to me. So I really like seeing that. Um, being made. So are you guys then um, sort of like I am in that you try and watch everything or at least bits and pieces of things just so you can see what, you know, all the studios and networks and the OTT players are doing? Yeah, I mean, I certainly try to watch everything at least once. Um, I, I, it's not always easy to do, but I do go out of my way to try to watch everything at least once. And you know what? If it hooks me enough to watch it a second time, that's a pretty good indication that, at least for me, for my taste, that they're, they're making something, you know, kind of special. I mean, I got into Narcos immediately. Um, I don't know if it's too much of a uh, 
too insider to say I got hooked on Narcos. But uh, <laughs> you got addicted. I did. I did. You need I your did, weekly I hit. <laughs> exactly. I immediately started jonesing for um, more episodes. And that, that's kind got, of what it addicted. requires now, huh? I mean, it does. Yeah, it requires that now, right? To keep up and to watch everything. And um, you guys were saying TechCrunch and Mashable. Do you go to um, also th- shows like uh, South by and you go to Can oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and all the different ad weeks and yep. internet yeah, weeks? You, you kind of have to cover kind of both sides of this because we're entertainment and we're also kind of, you know, we're talking about a brand. So we, we've, we've done South by. Uh, which is kind of both. We were we were there at Can Lion a couple years ago. We and and we've done Sundance, you know, which is not. So like, and we do, and then you know, Natby has kind of been kind of this hybrid place as well. CES, as you know, um, I mean, these are all great great media conferences that have a lot of a lot of great people who come and speak at, um, and each of them bring different values. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I do feel like you um, you have to taste everything. You know, going back to the drug analogy, you have to sort of understand what drugs are out there um, so that you can uh, you know sort of learn from who's doing it right and also who's doing it wrong, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, and is there anything um, that you have watched like really recently that has just blown you away? Like anything that you're just like you know, oh my God, um, they are just really doing it right. Hmm. Well, I, th- I think David would say Narcos. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. I, mean, <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I've seen the most recent, most recently that got me the most excited, honestly. Yeah, I mean, my, my favorite show right now is Rick and Morty, but not necessarily from um, sort of a distribution or content play, but just the smart writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the... Yeah. Um, it's just re- really good at what it does. But but uniquely, so you guys also are unique in that when I talk to a lot of content creators, they almost have their noses in the air about their content and their storytelling being impacted by brands. But what you're actually doing is sitting down and including the brands in your conversations. Perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think the majority, of- the majority of... Of, of online content is ad supported. Right. How can you ignore the role of the advertisers in anything that's being consumed online? I, I also look at it as from a storyteller perspective. Of you, you as a storyteller have the story that you want to tell passionately. Sure, I understand that. I get it. I've been there. I am that. Um, then you have the brand, and the brand is another storyteller, but it's also uh, you know, someone who's providing resources, usually money, hopefully, to the storyteller. Now, that storyteller can either say, um, okay, you're a bank, give me my money and go away, which is their right to say, which is, you know, which may have consequences, of course, or you can do the other way, which which I think we like to embrace, which is the, the challenge of incorporating that story to your story, the brand story, the brand's narrative. Okay, you know, the brand has a story to tell, to, to their audience, and you have a story to tell to your audience, can you kind of align those stories? Can you recalibrate your narrative to incorporate that, that, that messaging into your show? And I have no problem with that. I, I sometimes, you, you maybe you find a way that, that you just can't work, which, is, which doesn't work, which I understand, but I, as a storyteller, 
I love the challenge, personally. I love to try to, to figure out a way to make it work. I mean, it's kind of cool. That's what storytelling is to me. It's like, how do you tell this story really, really well? And if the brand's involved, um, let's do that again. It's such a great uh, perspective and a modern perspective, you know, as opposed to this, you know, other pers- other sort of view of I will not compromise. I will not compromise my storytelling. My, you know, my content is king and the brands will just have to accept whatever I create. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think that's very, I mean, in a, in a very democratized world that's now. That's a little naive. Yeah, with online and all this content, with the democratization of content, there's so much content out there. It's like, how can you really be that, like, un- unwavering, you know, forgiving with that stuff? I don't know. If you, if, if you can, then fine. If you, if you make it work, then fine. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe that that's the way it should be done. I think it's to be about collaboration and making the, the, the whole greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I mean, I love talking to both of you because, because uh, you really do sit in the middle and the center of this swirl, like I feel I often do, and you understand all the different perspectives. Now, who are the strangest people that have uh, pitched you on working with them? Because obviously you're talking to the Amazons and the Hulus and the Netflixes, and then you're talking to the multi-channel network folks, and then brands are coming to you. Has anyone else come to you that's just been odd? Like, have you had... uh, you know, any of the consumer electronics companies come straight to you or any other folks that you were, like, really surprised about that are now having sort of a studio role? Um, I don't think it's, I, it's like, I don't think, we're not sort of weird. We're in a, in a world right now where everyone's a publisher. Um, like, for example, I, I, I think my kind of, uh, like, wall with against this, or if there was other one, was really broken down when when um, Overstock.com announced that they were producing content. I was like, really? <laughs> and I thought about it, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah, they, they can totally do that. Like, sure, if they want to, they can make that work. They can, they have a, and there's a monetization angle. They just drive some more product on their, on their site. I get it. So, yeah, they can definitely produce more content. So then, so now it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, sure, you have people that, you, that we or traditional people may go like, really, they would approach you? Um, but that's not... Out of the blue, it's like you can say like gaming, you know. I mean, not not like big games like Call of Duty per se, because of course they would, you know, they may be open to something traditional like like a Hollywood film, but like you know, like kind of like obscure games, you know, that are out there, or like obscure websites that have these kind of very niche audiences that want to create more content for this niche audience. Um, that's the game, you know. I mean, again, if Overstock.com can produce content, video content as their original shows. I kind of go like anybody can. Um, as long as they have talent like you helping them do it, right? Well, I mean, you know, anybody can produce content. You, you, Lori, you, you, and I, you and I can end this call right now, turn on our iPhones and record a video and upload to YouTube, and that's producing content. But, <laughs> if, you, like, but if, we're, if we're looking at producing something very high-quality, grand narrative, like you use the phrase a lot, franchise, you're going to need someone like us, for sure, for, for, for a big play like that. That's, and that's what we're here for. We're not here. You know, Canvas is not designed as a studio, at least today, just to, to have, a, have a brand call us and say, hey, we want to we do a, a single video with you guys. and want that single video to do a million views next week. We're just not built for that. That's not what we do. There are a lot of other people built for that out there. That's not us. Right. And that is something where I go, like, you're probably better off calling one of the big YouTubers or BuzzFeed or, you know, like, one of those guys. They'll do that better for you. 
but you come to us because you want the franchise. You want the you want the the, the legacy product, the 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 show, or the series that can that can build into something bigger, that can build into the multi-platform, that can sell maybe other product for you. I mean, that's what really it, it that's what that's why you come to a Canvas Media Studio. Well, on that note, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, maybe we you guys can fill us in on anything that you have coming out soon um, for the last part of the show. And, and also maybe some insights on, you know, how people can navigate this very complex universe. So we'll be back soon on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous folks from Canvas Media Studios. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back for the last segment of the Tech Cat Show, and we're here with the fabulous folks from Canvas Media Studios, David and Bernie. And I wanted to ask you guys, what, what's next for Canvas Media Studios? I know you've been talking a lot about the sort of, di- you know, digital work that you've been doing and how you're working with brands. But what do you have coming up? Um, you know, are you creating any other types of content out there? Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, as we've spent most of this conversation talking about, we're talking about brand integrations or brand entertainment. But we actually, as I mentioned at the top of this, top of this conversation, we're, we design franchises. And, those, and franchises don't necessarily need, need to have brands involved. They can certainly just be regular shows, pure play franchises that we design for other other companies um, that they want to get 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 into. So we have a couple of those coming up. Um, I would say there's three that are notable that we really can't really talk about. I don't think, but that's the uh, that's the move right now. Is to like we're just here to create franchises and. Uh, and, and grow and grow the opportunities that are out there. So you're talking about um, 
you know, content that is not necessarily sponsored by a brand, but that a network or studio is paying you, like in a traditional model, David, like something you would do when you were an agent? Well, it's much more um, uh, pure play. I mean, it's, in other words, meaning that if you go to Netflix or Amazon, you pitch them a show, it doesn't, you know, the brand is not really a part of that conversation, right? Or if you do something for an SVOD platform like Vimeo, or, you know, or the platform the full screen is going to announce, or other VOD platforms, those are not brand support either. But those are, those essentially are pure play, uh, pure play properties. So, you know, we're, we're doing, we're going on back, we're going on both, on both ends. And do you guys see in the future for Canvas Media Studios to, um, you know, have multiple directors and producers and really build yourself out ultimately in a more traditional studio model where you have, you know, a core group of artists that are all under the Canvas umbrella? Without Get it? Doubt. Canvas that's, umbrella? That's, that's <laughs> certainly a part of, uh, of what, we, uh, what, we're hoping, what we're hoping to go with the company. We are, we are looking forward to um, creating, you know, a studio model that can incorporate other uh, similarly, similarly situated showrunners and creators. And, and Bernie, are you doing a lot of the sort of, um, what's that expression, um, lighthouse content where maybe you're connecting with other mm-hmm. influencers? Because not only are you a director-writer, but you're also a bit of a YouTube personality yourself. Um, are you partnering with any other YouTube, uh, YouTube personalities to create some original content? Yes, that is definitely the plan. Um, nothing for sure yet, but the idea of, yeah, I mean, it's a very easy connection. We're losing, we're losing Bernie uh, a little we, bit. We've lost Bernie a little bit here. We've lost Bernie, but um, David, do you have insight into sort of his, uh, his plans? We can hear you. Okay. Okay, well, we seem to have lost Bernie. So where would you like me to begin? <laughs> well, I, you know, there is this whole What's world the show of about again? Just yeah, exactly. The tech cat baby. There is this whole uh, whole world of YouTube content creators who all have personalities, and they all seem to, you know, occasionally gravitate together. And when they come together, you know, there's a huge draw in audience and influencers because they're all sort of carrying their audiences together. Um, and right. since you guys have, you know, influencer cred, you have your Jane Austen fans, your Emma fans, your uh, Lizzie Bennett fans, are you bringing them into all of your different uh, shows? We want to work with as many talented people as we can. If they're influencers, that's great. We, our model is not influencer first. You know, we, we see other companies that are, that are going in that direction. and We admire them. They're our friends, and, and, and we're, we're, they're doing great. But our model is not dependent on having an influencer, though we are certainly more and more open to that whether they're in the lead role or they're in a supporting role. I mean, the Vanity Project, for instance, had several really big influencers in the fashion and beauty space that were involved with it, but they weren't necessarily playing the lead. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we want to work with everybody. Anybody, you know, we, we're not putting any restrictions on ourselves. We want to work with as many talented people as we possibly can. I mean, it's just such a crazy world because you have YouTube, right? And then you have companies like the multi-channel networks like the style halls and the makers and the full screens and machinimas who are distribution platforms are also talent agencies and are also sort of studios themselves, you know, and then you have folks like you who work with everybody, you know, and then you have the traditional folks like Sony and, and, you know, 
um, Warner Brothers and everyone else who are pl- trying to play in this space. And it's really a, you know, a messy world out there. I don't know if it's so messy. I mean, I feel like, if anything, I mean, look, it was only, you know, up until, what, a year or two years ago, everybody was still saying it's the Wild West. Right? It's certainly not that anymore. Uh, there, you, you, know, you think it's real, landed? It's calmer? Well, I, I don't think we're, I think we're probably closer to the middle innings than we were before. I mean, there's obviously a lot of run room. There are still a lot of aspects of our business that haven't fully matured yet. But I think there's no turning back at this point. The metrics are strong. The technology is strong. The user experience is strong. And, and uh, the, there's more and more uh, available dollars coming into this space. So, I, I mean, I think the trajectory is nowhere but up. Um, so that's a very exciting place to be, you know, for a company like Canvas. And do you guys ultimately think that your model will be how a lot of companies move through this space in the very near future, you know, rather than creating like a show and then making distribution deals later, but that more, more companies will approach the content from that franchise center model and then, you know, spew the content out as, as needed as per audience? Uh, I don't know that any one model is ultimately going to prevail. Uh, you know, much like other forms of entertainment, there'll be multiple models. Uh, we certainly feel that we're on the verge of something that's unique. And that, as I said earlier, we don't see a lot of people doing what we're doing. Um, though I expect that we'll just see more and more. Right. And so I, I know that content, that's for sure. Right. I mean, there's more content out there than anybody has the time to consume. So. Totally agree. Well, let, um, we have to wrap up soon, but one question I just wanted to ask you, Bernie, uh, you know, ha- has winning Emmys changed your life a lot? You know, are you, do you feel like a different person? Do people come over just to touch them? Um, <laughs> well, well, he, well, he makes me call him Mr. Sue. I don't really like that very much, but you know, he's, he's, he's won two Emmys. He's, he's earned yeah. it. <laughs> Um, well, I think it's it's changed the the kind of the, res, the the perception of what I can do in the in my life for sure. Um, I still feel I'm the same person. If anything, it's just giving me more confidence. And uh, and it also gives you uh, industry validity to a certain extent in, in all the different channels. Um, yeah, absolutely. So we actually have to wrap up now talking to the fabulous David and Bernie at Canvas Media Studios and hearing all the wonderful projects that you're doing and really um, cutting edge uh, strategy around content and, um, you know, around the business of content, which I think is so smart and so different for, for, for a creative uh, company. So thank you so much uh, for joining us. And where can we, where can we learn more about you? Um, Canvas Media Studios uh, Twitter handle or website or where's the yeah. best place to and keep in touch? At, at Canvas M Studios. Great. Um, and certainly if you follow Bernie at, at Bernie Sue, you always know everything that we're doing. Fantastic. Well, thank you we so much, a, you guys. We don't have a robust website yet. That's kind of obvious now. Who has time for that? Well, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the Tech Cat Show here from Hollywood and Los Angeles, the fine folks from Canvas Media Studios, and join us next week for more tech trends impacting your business.
Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 